This is Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Welcome, everybody, to the primer episode of Mo and McGee on Fantasy. Kevin, um, you know, when we go into these episodes, we have a game plan. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Let's dive right into flex plays, where the last time we did this podcast, you had Tyler Boyd as a flexible flex play, and he went for 29.5 points. Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want to come to any other podcast, they ain't going to give you that stuff. 30, almost 30 points on a flexible flex play. You can't get that just anywhere. And, and some people I know were uh, kind of turning their nose up at that one a little bit. Um, but 29 and a half points, not too shabby. You'll take that uh, to the bank because that is a top three wide receiver in the week. Uh, yeah, Donovan uh, you also, go ahead. Yeah, Donovan Peoples-Jones is my other pick, 11.1 points. Uh, that is the definition of a flexible flex play. You hope to get 11 or 12. That's what he did for you. Um, we don't need to talk about mine, Kevin. Um, so let's just t- no. Uh, <laughs> I, I had Nico Collins, Josh Reynolds, Nico Collins six point three, Josh Reynolds one point nine. Um, so what I'm going to say, Kevin, is we gave you it collectively as a podcast gave you two nice flex plays. Very good. You know, I, I'll, I'll share with you a little bit there. You needed the help. Um, this week we'll, we'll keep it rolling. Um, I'm going to start you off with KJ Osborne. So. Rest of season outlook, I don't I don't think it's real great for KJ Osborne to bring in um, TJ Hawkinson. Um, but this week, Adam Thielen, a little banged up. Um, TJ Hawkinson, not going to be fully integrated into the offense yet. Um, I could see, and the great news for KJ Osborne is they didn't go out and grab a, a wide receiver. Um, so that, that, you know, maybe that's the icing on the cake. I think he should have a pretty good week this week. Um, I'm going KJ Osborne as my first flexible flex play against the Manders. Yeah, I, I, you know, talk Vikings, Kevin, just sweet music to my ears. KJ Osborne kind of needs a big play to pay off most weeks. Um, But, you know, TJ Hagginson is not going to be up to speed. uh, So they're going to be featuring a guy named Johnny Munt at at tight end this week, most likely. Um, a little, you know, uh, if once again, if you weren't paying attention to the games, um, you've probably seen the little cue next to Adam Thielen's name. He went out with an ankle injury, uh, did end up coming back to the game, but, um, was walking around the, the locker room with a limp. I heard from some little birdies. Um, so there's a potential that at some point during the game, Adam Thielen re-injures it or is not his same self. KJ Osborne jumps into a number two role, which could be super profitable. So I'm all in. Yeah, that's a good pick. Other pick we have here is uh, DeAndre Carter. Um, so live look at the Chargers is uh, receiving room would be basically a live look into the trainer's room. Uh, Keenan Allen currently banged up uh, with that hamstring still missed Monday's walkthrough, but that's veteran, nice, Kevin. veteran coming off of a bye week. You, you suspect it's rest, but you're going to have to make this decision before waivers roll. It's worth picking up DeAndre Carter um, because the alternatives are Joshua Palmer, who's still technically in concussion protocol. Mike Williams is out. Jalen Guyton's on IR. Uh, so it's DeAndre Carter, Jason Moore, Michael Bandy. 
And that's why you're picking DeAndre Carter going up against the worst passing defense in the league in the Atlanta Falcons. Um, even if Keenan Allen and Joshua Palmer are both healthy, I think you can still be saved by, you know, they're facing a defense giving up more than 14 uh, points over expectation um, on a given week um, to to wide receivers. I think DeAndre Carter is a real nice uh, waiver pickup here. Uh, wait and see how the week plays out uh, with opportunity to uh, play him on the weekend. I think I think you, you kind of mentioned it, Kevin, even if Palmer and Keenan Allen play, just like Thielen, there's, you know, coming off an injury, you're at risk to at least be slowed or come back off the field during that game. DeAndre Carter could, you know, in the middle of the second quarter, find himself as the last guy standing. Um, and when you play uh, for, you know, Justin Herbert, it's a good place to be, I think. So he has breakaway speed, super fast, doesn't need many touches to p- potentially pay off. So it's a good flex play. I mean, these are not guys that are heavily rostered. We're shooting for the stars here. So I think if you're looking at that barrel of guys, he's a good one to pluck out. What about you? Who do you have as a flexible flex play this week? Yeah, Kevin, I'm going home run hitters only here. These guys, you need them to hit a home run. Um, but I think could be a good week to play both. Um, Devin Duvernay is the Monday night game against the Saints. No Rashad Bateman. You mentioned last episode Demarcus Robinson was a guy who was heavily targeted. There's also potential. I know Mark Andrews somewhat banged up, could play, might not play. You know, people are going to be looking at Isaiah Likely. I think the idea is going to be, you know, potentially no Gus Edwards as well. Let's get the ball into Devin Duvernay's hands on some runs, some jet sweeps, maybe a couple shot plays. Um, So I, I think he has a better chance than most games to kind of hit that home run. What do you think about Duvernay? Yeah. Depending on who's currently not picked up in your league, Devin Duvernay more than likely is going to be the top waiver pickup. And I think rightfully so. Um, If Mark Andrews doesn't play, I mean, it's a slam dunk. He should be minimum six targets upwards to 12. Um, which if you can get that off the waiver wire is uh, that's a slam dunk. If Andrews does play, you know, still looking at, you know, maybe closer to six to eight targets, but still solid, um, solid scoop up, um, especially on a guy that can uh, take the top off the defense and, and get you a touchdown on any given play. I, I like the pick. My next guy, Kevin, I, I said, I swore him off. I said I was done with this guy, but my, I'm going with my guy, Kenny Gainwell. I think this game, uh, Philadelphia is playing Houston this Thursday night. I think this game has the potential to be over somewhere in the first quarter. Um, I can see the Eagles scoring on their first three possessions or picking off Davis Mills, you know, a couple times in a row. All of a sudden, the Eagles find themselves up 21 rip in the first quarter. Gainwell time, second half. Just all Kenny Gainwell, you know, gets to feast on the Houston run defense who got shredded last week. Um, And my idea is that the Eagles are going to be kind of in rest recovery mode. It's a Thursday night. No need to bang Miles Sanders up or Jalen Hurts. Let's just run Kenny Gainwell into the ground. Yeah, I I like that take. Um, It'll be interesting to see how the 
the garbage time where it gets split up between Kenny Gainwell and Boston Scott, I think what probably bodes well for Kenny Gainwell is there's all this talk about Philly going out and getting another running back. Um, you know, Kamara was thrown in that conversation. You know, Kareem Hunt was definitely in that conversation. Um, I think it speaks to, you know, they probably want to see what they have in Kenny Gainwell. And I think there's a good opportunity or a good likelihood that he is the guy that gets the garbage time work to kind of test his legs a little bit, see what he can do in, uh, you know, a 20-touch half and uh, see what happens there. So I, I like the pick here as well. That probably means it's a terrible pick if we both really like it. But, yeah, uh, probably. Well. <laughs> but we'll see. <laughs> um, all right, let's dive into some question time. I got some good questions here for you, Kevin. Um, a lot of trades. This is, I think, the most uh, active trade deadline day in NFL history. However, which is one trade that didn't happen that you wish would have? Yeah, the, the two guys that were kind of sitting out there um, were Kareem Hunt and Brandon Cooks. I wanted to see Brandon Cooks moved um, mainly because it looks like he's going to th- maybe throw a tantrum here and get cut. We'll see. Uh, but the one NFL trade that I wish would have happened was Brian Burns for two firsts and a third. Um, Carolina turned down two firsts from multiple teams for Brian Burns. Uh, selfishly, as a Panther fan, I, I, I really wanted them to load up on those picks and you know, say fuck fantasy, but um, yeah, that's the one that I really wanted to happen. And if you make me go fantasy, it was Brandon Cox. What about you? Yeah, Brian Burns was interesting because I think if you're an NFL team right now, or if you're, you know, in the Panthers situation, let's load up with picks and let's say you fall to number three or four in the draft trade whatever you have to to get into that one or two for for Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Um, you know, there's other quarterbacks to be had in this draft. Um, but I don't think this is one where you want to be reaching on a guy if you're fourth or fifth, you know, a guy like Will Levis or I don't know, name any other Hendon Hooker. Is he going to go get from uh Florida Richardson? Anthony Richardson, yeah. Um so, you know, that's where I would want to go. A lot of Vikings fans, uh, it, you know, prior to the season were thinking, hey, let's just throw this year away, a new coach, new GM, trade whatever you can, load up on picks, and then you go all in for a quarterback in this draft. Because this is seems to be one of those drafts that is interesting. Yeah, I was also um, hoping Brandon Cooks got traded as well. Um Selfishly, I, I was ho- kind of hoping that um, the Vikings added a third receiver. They were in the Brandon Cooks sweepstakes, it sounded like. Um, but I mean, he's a thousand yard guy, Kevin. Every year of his yes. career, a thousand yards, um, good receiver. The one thing the Vikings have lacked outside of Jefferson is a deep threat. That would have been intriguing. Um, you know, there was a lot of Jerry Judy steam at the end of of the day. I would have loved to see, you know, the Rams go out and get a Cream Hunt or Jerry Judy. And yeah, I don't think they have any picks to, to spend on those guys, but uh, try to do something. But looks like the Rams kind of waved the white flag as well uh, in a week at NFC. So that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It, good news about Brandon Cooks is 
might get him for free. We'll see what happens. Uh, it's true. I, I did think the tweet today about hiding uh, or covering up the lies in Houston was very intriguing, and I'm kind of giddy to see what happens out of that all that. But anyway, um, my question for you, which RB that was traded did you find most intriguing out of Christian McCaffrey? And you know what? I'm, I'm going to open this wide open. Throw in Claypool and Kadarius Tony as well. Um, you know, Tony interests me a lot. Um, but I think it's more of a trade for next year. Um, you know, they don't, ha- they just don't have, uh, you know, I don't think they have many people signed or they don't really have next year. Um, but I'm going to go with Jeff Wilson. Um, now, the reason being is kind of like I said in episode one, Chase Edmond gets traded in the Denver uh, Nick uh, Bradley Chubb trade, and people are kind of all over Raheem Mostert, like, holy shit, he has now zero competition. He's going to be taking over 90% of that backfield. But then they go out and get Jeff Wilson, um, which is intriguing because – I, I think if you're comfortable with Raheem Mostert as your guy, you don't do that. You have Salvin Ahmed. You have Miles Gaskin. You have usable depth, but they went out and got someone who they think can be a big part of their offense. Miami doesn't really throw to running backs, so this is going to be most, you know, most of the value is going to come from the rushing workload. He most likely pops into the goal line guy, the, the red zone guy. Um, and I think this has a good chance of Jeff Wilson taking over completely at some point. If, you know, most of it's played well, but getting older, injury risk, um, I, I really do like Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I, I was a little bit little bit surprised that you didn't reach back one week ago and pull the James Robinson, um, which could have been, you know, I, I'm very much of the standpoint that, if they wanted a better running back, they would have went out and paid for one. Um, so I, I don't think that James Robinson for a fifth round pick is is going to be a league winner. Uh, I think uh, I, I kind of thought that's where you were going to go, though. I, I I do agree with you that Jeff Wilson, with having all those other running backs on the roster, to go out and get a guy that's been in the Mike McDaniel scheme before. Um, clearly a coach favorite to bring him in to play with, uh, you know, Raheem Mostert, who at, at times it looked like Jeff Wilson was better than Raheem Mostert in San Francisco. Um, I, I, I agree that that's the most intriguing and we'll see how it gets divided up. Um, time will tell. Yeah. I don't think anybody outside of McCaffrey that got traded is, you know, enters into a league winner territory. I think everyone that got traded is just kind of a, a value piece for the teams that got them. You know, like we just said, Dolphins don't really need Jeff Wilson. The Broncos don't really need Chase Edmonds. Bears, I don't know what they're doing, but don't really need Chase Claypool. Uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson was already the tight end four. Um, he, I don't, he's not going to ascend past you know, Kittle or Andrews or Kelsey. Um, so you're, you you kind of look between Robinson, 
um, who we saw Brees Hall take 60% of that work. Could James Robinson do that? Probably not. It's probably more 50-50. But, um, and then Jeff Wilson, probably not going to take 100% either. But you're right, those two guys are definitely rosterable and potentially startable if they can you know, work themselves in. I just want to throw this out there because you didn't say 50-50. I'm going to say 70-30 Michael Carter, James Robinson. I think Michael Carter will be a clear lead to James Robinson, even after James Robinson is more acclimated with the offense. Okay. I mean, you know I'm a Michael Carter guy. <laughs> yeah, I know that you are, and but I also have him, so I'm super biased. Um, but this is a team that was 5-2, and two, had every opportunity to go out and get a, a, a running back that would very clearly help them get to the playoffs and they chose james robinson for a fifth doesn't scream big winner to me but uh so i'm I'm, i think it'll be more michael carter but anyway you have a question for me i do uh let's talk about Brees hall next year we're gonna fast forward to next year's draft who gets picked first or who would you pick first between travis Etienne and Brees hall who should be picked first Travis Etienne. Who would I pick first? Travis Etienne. Year after that, who should be picked first? And who will I pick first? Brees Hall. Um, so I think Brees Hall with uh the injury is probably you know going to be borderline back in time for the start of the season if if he is back. Um and we've seen with you know kind of those m- more serious leg issues that those guys don't get off to very fast starts, um, you know, pro- kind of underperform through the first half of the year at the at the very least. I think uh, your expert fantasy analysis analysts that kind of really drive the uh, ECRs and ADPs, they uh, they're going to learn from that. And Travis Etienne will be ranked and picked higher next year. I do like Brees Hall as the better long-term back though okay is is there any you know younger back that you take over etn or do you think he's going to be kind of he's going into year three so not like the the youngest guy but is there anybody you see as like a better dynasty running back out of the young guys i don't because i'm really out on Najee. um jonathan taylor is been scary unless uh the Colts retool that offensive line I I don't know that it's going to get a lot better I think it will improve but it's not he's not going to be 101 unless they go out and spend on that offensive line again Kenneth Um, Walker Kenneth Walker is uh, a little shaky he looks good I could he's maybe the one guy that I would throw into that conversation besides uh Bajan Robinson who will be a rookie next year I I think that he is in that same tier as Travis TTN or and Brees Hall and potentially, you know, a half a step ahead of those guys. So if he lands in the right spot, um, he he's my favorite to be the dynasty um, lead running back. Yeah, I like that. <clears throat> okay, um, so that, that'll do it for questions. Oh, you got another question for oh, me, I got Kevin. Another question. You did the little flippy on the outline. Yeah, that whoopsie. Yep, that was my oh, bad. Where were we? Uh, okay. <laughs> what would you pay for a top uh, 
tight end right now. So if you if you had 100% reliable information that Cole Komet was going to be at the same level as Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, what would you be willing to pay for that player? Fab or trade? Trade. Um, Because Fab should be all of your budget. Yeah. So if I knew that Cole Komet was going to be on the level of Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews. And the other owner knows that as well. Just so you're not carrying any history of Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, but you both know that this is going to be a top, top two tight end. I mean, probably depends on your roster makeup, of course, but I'd probably be willing to part with any wide receiver not named Jefferson or Cup, um, probably any running back outside of, you know, you got to hold on to your running backs when you have them, but would I trade Leonard Fournette right now for a tight end, depending on my roster? I think so. Um, you know, you trade Joe Mixon for that top two tight end? I'm thinking tail end of the first round type, yeah. type guys. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Joe Mixon's volume is insane. If you look at expected fantasy points, he's number one by a lot. Um, is he just bad? <laughs> he, anyway, this think, is not a Joe Mixon conversation. Go on. I think the Bengals might the Bengals offensive line might be bad. Um Yeah, I mean on my current team, I my running backs are Joe Mixon, Tyler Algier, and Naeem Hines slash Khalil Herbert. So I probably wouldn't trade him this year <laughs> for a tight end. Um but with the right roster construction, but, that's the going yeah. rate. Yeah. I mean, I, I think your point is if you can have that much of a positional advantage uh, against your opponent, it makes you so much less, um, what's the right word? You know, the the variance of your team kind of shrinks. Uh, you, you know you're getting at least 15 points. You could potentially have 30 there. Uh, while half of your league mates are... Hoping, hoping for and for praying for a touchdown. <laughs> um, you know, they have to have a touchdown for their tight end to pay off. Uh, there's so few of them that you don't need that touchdown. That's why Greg Dolchich was my name to remember. So far, it looks like he doesn't need a touchdown to pay off. Um, Travis Kelsey can have a four-touchdown game, but he could also have a nine for 80, and and that's enough to win, you know, be a top-five tight end that week. Um, so, you know, like, like I said, any receiver not named Jefferson cup, I don't, you can maybe throw a healthy Jamar chase in there. Um, and then if you have two running backs, trade your second one, um, as well. So, so that's presumably that is more than what you would pay at the draft. So why, why are the tight ends priced so differently? Cause Mark, we saw Mark Andrews go in the fourth, third, fourth, Kelsey go in, you know, middle of the second, late second. I, I think Kevin next year's drafts are going to be a little sharper. Next year's drafts are going to be sharper quarterback, quarterback wise and tight end wise. Um, last year was kind of, you know, tight end has always been kind of shallow ish. 
last year and this year seemed a little they seem like it has been more shallow than ever quarterback is also is also super shallow um so would i be surprised to see mark andrews get picked in the early third next year late second absolutely not i think travis kelsey will once again be a late first early second round pick um and i think we'll see josh allen mahomes jalen hurts rise up draft boards love it love it looking forward to it yeah me too so you know kevin we're only in week nine but i'm already looking forward to next year's drafts <laughs> yeah we should uh we should have a second chance draft for uh just to keep the drafting chops uh up to up to par nothing to yeah, do with kevin. The team doing poorly anyway. <laughs> <laughs> let's get to our bets let's either write that down um, I don't remember what we bet on last time. I think we forgot to write it down. So let's just dive right into this week's bets. This week, I have the Falcons plus three and a half against the Chargers. Um, Falcons seem to be kind of in the position where they're going to play everybody close. Um, and I think this one hits the definition of, of, of uh, potential to be close. Chargers very banged up. Um, we talked about uh, DeAndre Carter is potentially being the top outside receiver in that offense this week. Could obviously be better, but um, I think the Falcons will hang with the Chargers, especially Falcons have really looked like they've in the right spot. They're willing to take the air out of the ball. Caleb Huntley was running the ball very well late in that game against the Panthers. Looks to be kind of bumping Tyler Algier a little bit, but Tyler Algier is finding the end zone, so... Um, very interesting stuff. I, I, I do like the Falcons uh, in a tight one to cover. Yeah, the NFC South leader Falcons. Put some respect yeah. on that name, Kevin. Um, <laughs> okay, they're in a missed extra point away from uh, the Panthers being the NFC leading uh, Carolina Panthers. Um, let's go with Lions plus three and a half against the Packers. You know, seemingly the the TJ Hawkinson deal is is okay. We're kind of done here. Let's get some assets for a good young player. Um, Lions are always frisky. Packers are a mess. Um, I love that this line is three and a half because it might be a Packer field goal late that seals this. Um, so I'm going to go Lions plus three and a half. I would also, you know, if. If I if I was a betting man, which I am, might sprinkle a little on Lions money line as well. But I, I'm not willing to go Lions money line. If it was three, I think I would have just gone money line. But it's three and a half, so I'm going to take the field goal. Available. Absolutely. Next bet we have here: Ravens at Saints under 49. We talked about the Ravens being really beat up. Um, the Saints have been scoring a lot of points, which have really driven up the driven up this point total. But just two weeks ago, we saw the Ravens. Um, in week seven, throw the ball a total of 16 times. Um, and with that receiving core being, you know, really banged up, um, I look for them to kind of revert back to that ground and pound style. Um, they're not facing a really beat up Buccaneer secondary. They're facing a moderately formidable secondary in the Saints. Um, I look for the Ravens to slow this one down, and uh, 49 is a lot of points. I'll take the under there. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, – I I hate to do this to you, Kevin, but I'm going to ha- – yeah, I love that pick, um, which is usually, once again, a bad <laughs> no, sign if we're both on the same thing. 
It seems like the primetime games have mostly been low scoring this year. Um, outside of, you know, whenever the Chiefs play in primetime um, or the Eagles, uh, it seems like uh, scoring's been down. I, I like this game. Saints are coming off a big win where they shut out the, Ra- uh, the Raiders. Um, it seems like they've finally figured out. Maybe get the ball to, to number 41. That guy's pretty good. Um, He's good at football, huh? Yeah. Uh, Dennis Allen may not, may not be a complete idiot after all. Just a just a mild idiot. Um, so, yeah, I like that. I like that Superdome, at the Superdome. Uh, tough place to play. Big game. I like the pick, Kevin. I'm going to go Miami-Chicago over 44. Um this is a game that I see as a shootout. I just envision Justin Fields running up and down the field, Chase Claypool, Darnell Mooney deep shots, Khalil Herbert breaks a big one, and then, you know, Waddle and Hill don't need too many touches to go nuts. And I think Miami has to be just that locker room has to be on an absolute high right now. Their GM and coach kind of went all in on this season, trading picks for, for Bradley Chubb and for Jeff Wilson, um, kind of signaling, hey, we're going to go for this in a week, uh, you know, kind of week back end of the AFC. I know the top two teams are really good, but, uh, you know, is there a potential for Miami to get the three seed? Uh, yeah. Well, I don't, no, they can't get the three seed, but top wild card team, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love this pick as well. <laughs> Damn so we're, we're just completely buried. This this is toast. <laughs> the reason I like this one, I don't see it for, I don't foresee it being really much of a shootout, but definitely a catch up game for Chicago. Um, Chicago gave up forty nine points last week. Um, that covers the over here on just the points they gave up. They didn't have to score any, and they would have hit the over. Um, Miami's a better offense than the Cowboys, in my opinion. Um, so they could, you know, maybe they're going for 56. Uh, Chicago, like we saw against the Cowboys, when they do go down by, you know, a, a decent chunk, they are willing to push the ball a little bit more to try to catch up. I like this one to hit the over. I like Miami to push 44 on their own and then Chicago to sprinkle a couple sprinkle a couple on top. Kevin, every time I've said that about a game this year, it's not done well. I'm like, oh yeah, Miami's just gonna get like 30 on their own. All Chicago has to do is put it put in a couple touchdowns. Never happens. But back to the well, gonna happen back this to week. the well we go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> For sure. Uh come back as we lose all of our bets and begging you guys to Venmo us cash. <laughs> Because uh, we're out of units. Zero units remaining. All right, folks. Hopefully, uh, you know, I would maybe stay away from those last two picks. But Lions plus three and a half, Falcons plus three and a half. I don't, I don't really agree with the Falcons. Kevin didn't say anything about the Lions. So I think those might be good. Those might be good. Yeah, there you go. All right, see ya.